Start it off, bro. Three, two, one. Brendo, 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 Brendo. Wherefore the Brendo man comes. Comedy, contest, oppression, and funds. Wherefore the Brendo man comes. Comedy contest, finals, depression, and fun. It's the finals, 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 finals. Final round recap. Julia is here. Julia is here. Crashly is here. Comedy contest, coaching, consulting company. First. First guest to be named in the song. What an honor. Welcome to Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. I'm his brother. Julia Kral is here? I am. I got very nervous. I didn't jump in on that song. It's what? okay. You were, no, you, you participated. So, some people, there's like, no. Uh, <laughs> Somebody, like, opt, some people opt out. Some people opt out. It's okay. It's fine. Dan Weber. It's fine. Uh, ooh, I don't want to get into that. Maybe there's a reason why he didn't. I don't know anyway. Uh, this is a recap of Portland's Funniest Person Contest, 10th edition, 11th year of the contest. Last year, we know what happened. This year, we know what happened. The finals happened. It's happened. It's been how many days? <sighs> a lot of days. A lot of days. Where were you at when the contest started back in June? Oh, yeah. here? Yeah. Like, th- did you, my set wasn't even cooked when the contest started so long ago. And oh, it was yeah. 17 days total. Of the contest. Yeah. So long. I didn't start going until after my round, which was July, so I feel like I wasn't Let's talk about it. Was this your first contest this year? It's my second contest. Second contest. 2019 being the first. Yes. What in God's name drew you to Portland's Funniest Person Contest in the summer of 2019? Well, I had like a... Wanted to do comedy, and then I was getting extreme stage fright, so I I decided to take the helium class. Oh. Uh, and I was like a month in, and then Alex was like, "You should do the contest." Are you and- a Alex Falcone Comedy Academy alum? I am. Me too. Yeah, and uh, I was not ready for it. I had done one or two open mics, and my Which class one? show. Would you tell- Take us to your, your first, first open, open mic. mic. Okay, you're going to laugh at this. It was um, High Dive, and I was so nervous. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, Starting out on the double black diamonds. That's a real High Dive right there. I, yeah, you know, I waited my time. I went up almost last. I was <gasps> clenching my butt, and when oh I so stood up. So must have been, like, super late at night. Yes. Were, I threw out my back. You were clenching your... I was so nervous. From clenching your butt, you threw out your back? Because there's only one unisex bathroom, and you were probably clenching for a long time. A long time, like hours. Oh, my God. Uh, and, yeah. So you were new, so you probably were there the whole time. I was there the whole time. What did you see that night that struck your fancy? Were you like, nothing. And after, in like an hour and 45 minutes in, you were still like, I still want to do this. Well, you know, it's funny. After I I had done the class and then I did the competition and um, when I got off on stage, Alex Falcone was like, everyone loves you. You're so funny, but you definitely timed out. And that like. You're one. 
Yeah, the first time I did the contest. So I knew I timed out and it fucked me over. And so then I was like, I can't hear laughs for a really long time. So I only did the late night mics where I knew I would be put up last to like give me some grit. You, so you sought out the grit. I did. I did. I felt like I, I got it. It makes it easier because when you're like new and you get past all the dirty looks people are giving you, all the people who are like, Ignoring you, it makes Who's you stronger. Who's giving you the dirty looks? The audience member, they love you. The bartenders, they're just happy. To, yeah, the men. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's there's a reason why. No, I mean, and it, you're no, but that's why we went through thirteen rounds of preliminaries, and on some of the rounds, it was all men. Yeah, but you're also very self conscious. Like you're very like anxious in the beginning, and anxiety is like the most like conceited of mental illness because you're always thinking people are thinking of you and they're not. Anxiety yeah. is the most conceited of mental illness. Well, this is a yeah. contest. Carson yells at me about my anxiety sometimes. He's like, "How can you think this way?" And I'm like, I, "That's my problem, bro." Like. I, <laughs> I'm Riley McCarthy's punchline. Like, well, if, if my dick didn't work, I'd be so... I want to kill myself. Why do you think I'm on these dick pills? <laughs> or no, not dick pills. On these SSRIs. Oh, anyway, he did it way better. Yes. SSRIs requiring dick pills. <sighs> my therapist- Riley and I are on the same medication. Riley McCarthy. <laughs> we'll get to later. He well, was on the finals, yeah. but... We're still on Julia time. So you're at this high dive mic. You've done the comedy class. You did the first contest and everyone loved you and you went over time and then you got hot you were starting to get figure stuff out and you were like getting those first few shows yeah and then 2020 happened yeah 2020 happened and then uh i i was very anxious about the pandemic i wasn't really like leaving my house then my mom died like unexpectedly mm-hmm. and then it had all of my jokes were in reference to her like living. And then I had to just like rebuild, like who am I as a comic now? And I, uh, stayed away, but then I started like, I just, I got to redevelop myself and I, I feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you do. And you know, you get a, well, you, you deserve more, uh, praise than I think you already get, but I mean, praise and for instance, there's a book and you're doing great. I mean, you had, you know, this brings us to pandemic. You did, you were Zooming. You testing the Zoom waters, which are grosser than open mics in a lot of ways. How was the Zoom pool all the three times you dipped your toes into Well, it? I think, like, the Zoom, like, made me feel less alone because I mm-hmm. felt like after the open mics, it would just be, like, a hang session of, like, everybody, like, at their most depressing moments. Mm-hmm. And so then you just, like, got to see everyone being vulnerable. I sound like a predator. I was like, oh, I love seeing people. No, but it felt like a community. Like, I wish I had done that, because that, that might have helped me out a lot. Oh, man. Tell me there's no better, I mean, post-open mic local scene, there's no more stage time for comedy, but let's go find karaoke on a Tuesday hanging out with comedians just like we need more we can't get laughs but we can get attention uh i love it yeah so i using that zoom community. karaoke nights too oh my goodness <laughs> you were zoom, zoom champion so you've been waiting for this contest for like since 2019 since your last one you're like just let me get in there and let me beat the clock yeah, this year I was like, my, my only goal was to, like, if I was gonna lose, it was gonna be on my own accordance. Like, I just wanted to 
do the time and see the light. And I did. Uh, I felt like really good mentally going into it where it's like everyone gets their day in the sun and it doesn't always have to be my day. Sure. And so it's like, I've been learning a lot, like everyone bringing their like uh, a game, like my best friends, like advanced. And so like, that was really like exciting to go on this journey with them. You are best friends with Ben Harkins. Well, that's what he told me tonight. I <laughs> <laughs> was like the one advanced I pulled. I was like, who would be a funny person? But that's great. <sighs> so your contest round, uh, we, we talked about your round. Did we talk about trivia? That's the joke. Yeah, that's the joke. I, I, I We were gone that we were, round. We were, we were gone that round, yeah. It's all right. It. It's all right. I got really drunk and then accused Carson of uh, intentionally leaving me out. And now I'm here. Yeah, Yeah, whoever (laughs) mentioned you because he was such a big fan. Yeah, I know. That's what Michael said. Michael's like, you didn't even listen in the podcast because you were named on there. And I was like, well, now I'm an asshole. No, I wanted to move past the names. I'm like, well, what am I going to say? Like, everyone knows, everyone knows Julia's funny. I don't want to like bring up like, oh, she went over to, that was the story. You were one of the storylines. I would say of the preliminary rounds every year, there's usually more people in the preliminaries that were like, if it wasn't for me going over, I could have had it. I didn't uh. go over though. I think that's what people thought. And then you didn't when I, go over that was the story. That was the story, and that's what I was told. But when I got my tape back, it was five fifty. So you just, I just lost. You just lost. And that's fine. If only more people could watch their tapes and be like, "Oh, I, I didn't go over." I'm yeah. Okay with it. And then it made me kind of feel good. Like that was like, you know, that butters me up. People were like, oh, you know, feeling for me when I, um, I had gone out like to high dive right afterwards. And I think it really was like, I need to like support it. Like Michael and me have been for a while when I first started comedy, we were doing every like open mic together. And like, I've seen his comedy, like, like just who went through on your night? Uh, Phelps, uh, Weber. Phelps is stupid. <laughs> Leave a light on. He's my neighbor. I'm gonna go pee on his sides. Now he's alright, but yeah, I would, I would be frustrated if Phelps went through and I didn't. You know, I've worked on it in therapy. <laughs> We're past this now. <laughs> you worked on hating Michael Phelps in your therapy? I have, I have. My therapist knows right. my name. He's okay. He's alright. Phelps is gonna be mad. I thought he should have done his new boomerang bit. It's like a, that's a good bit. Anyway. Yeah, you've been all about that boomerang bit. I love it because it has a callback built into it. Oh, <laughs> it's a boomerang. It has to come back. He was like, "I got this boomerang bit." I was like, "Well, you you better have a callback plan that's clever." And he's like, he went up there at Kelly's and was like, "I didn't know where I was going," but then you know, a minute later, I, I brought it back and I love it. I was like, "There you go, uh, boomerangs." Uh, but so Phelps went through. Who else was on Phelps? Harkins. Oh well, yeah, you know, you had someone who. Got top three, spoiler alert, who yeah. was in your round. Yeah. It was a hard round. I think it was one of the hardest rounds. It was Harkins, Phelps. And Weber. Oh. Well, f- well if you if we were to rank the preliminary rounds, having two people that like made the finals in your finals. preliminary round, holy shit. Oh, but yeah. That means it was a hard, tough round. And what one thing I brought up before is, and I thought you experienced the the good side of this, is... Would you rather be the comedian who advances, who everyone's like, sure, they advanced, versus, oh my God, Julie had an amazing set and didn't advance. It's wild. I'm like, I know. Oh, advance. 
Yeah, you would rather. <laughs> I think the respect of your peers being uh, offended that you didn't advance is better than being, can you believe Julia Vance with her jokes about her dead mom? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, like I said, it's fine, like, either way. I had, like, a great set that night. Yeah. I felt really good. I felt like... I haven't done that many helium show. I've never been on a show. I've only done a few of the open mics in like that class. So I haven't, I've been on a, the stage less than 10 times. And so like, but I who's felt counting. Like, I know. Let me get my notes. <laughs> Let me get my notes. Uh, no, I feel good. I, I felt Dear like journal signed up at helium. Didn't get on again, but you know who did that fucker? Michael Phelps. There is a, uh, Kildall actually sometimes, he has a spreadsheet of who's been on. He's a big exceller. Well, we need to have him on the podcast. Yeah. Well, when we transition to the, uh, Helium Mike recap podcast. Yeah. He'll be able to bring it up for two years. Um, no, I mean, well, I mean, all the data is there because it's I posted know the every trends. week. That's interesting. The trick is to watch who gets five spots and then doesn't get them later. Ooh, hot guys. No, I don't know. Um, but yeah, well, that's the other thing about the contest is after the contest, you see a lot more new faces get in those fivers, right? No matter what happens, it's like, oh, well, even someone who didn't advance even past their preliminaries still could have caught the eye of, you know, the, the local tastemakers and be like, oh, yeah, now it makes sense that Brendo's getting five minute spots to talk about his Gay menagerie bullshit, whatever <laughs> dipshit. Fuck. <laughs> Ooh, I have a unique POV. I'm gonna get easy laughs in port now, anyway. <sighs> hey, you help with some of those laughs, so it's and, not and all... you help with all my laughs. Oh, because I'm just trying to be funnier than my brother, uh, which is getting harder and harder to do. Yeah, that's uh, that's real motivation there. We we were supposed to be a comedy duo, but they don't allow it in the contest. And now Brendan. This set was so funny. It's like, well, I would be anchoring. I would be a dead weight around you. So go, go be funny. Go get a whole bunch of shows this year and uh, I'll be raising a child and podcasting about it. <laughs> so your contest, you, you, you went to therapy about it. Yeah. Um, you brought it up. We talked about depression. So this, you know, this version of the podcast came to be. I don't know if you went back into the archives, but, uh, Brendan almost didn't survive the pandemic due to mental health and suicidal thoughts. Yeah. I just recently has started, I've just started therapy. I'm actually seeing a man therapist, mm. uh, to work out my daddy issues. Okay. Um, but he's very funny. He's like, you're always talking about your anxiety, but what about your depression? <laughs> We're leaving that out, but I like him. He's, uh, he's Mexican like me. I think he is. Uh, he has a big Aztec calendar behind him. Mm. I'm going to start. Is his gonna... name Quetzalcoatl? No. Carson has, at the behest of Carson, he suggested it. I'm going to start psychedelic therapy. I just started psychedelics during, like, okay. I had never done them. Um, I did acid for the first time this summer. Whoa. Um, right after my mom died. Uh, and Whoa. I loved it. I'm great on Whoa. it. I've been doing a lot of mushrooms. Me too. I've done acid or anything. Acid is the best time ever. Yeah. I tell everyone to do it. I applied for a promotion at work. I've been clean and sober for my whole life. <laughs> but I've heard wonderful things about mushrooms um 
heard great things about him. Should you do comedy on mushrooms? No. Can it be fun? Yes. Um, I did an open mic on mushrooms. Yeah. How did how the set go? I, it went really well. It, like, I was, like, definitely, like, going really dark. And then I could, like, because my, like, it felt like death, like, in there. And then I was like, oh, I need to switch this. And then it was, like, I was able to channel this lightness, and it was great. One time I did Mushrooms at a storytelling show. And I remember I was able to hear Dan Weber because it was, like, summer and, like, the door was open. I could, like, be outside. I was, I remember I was leaning against a brick wall hearing Dan Weber talk about, like, doing acid. And he found Satan's throne, and then they couldn't find it again. And I was just like, oh, I'm melting into this brick wall. In pot comedy, it was like, oh, pot's still illegal. But, like, people love getting up and talking about pot. And I was just like... Mushroom comedy is the future. I will say I was on Mushrooms with Bowie, and his energy was really wow. hard. Bowie? Bowie mania? Bowie? Yeah, Bowie. And he was like, I was like, we're on two different planes right now. <laughs> He's on pineapple plane. <laughs> yeah, I saw Bowie was around tonight, and I was like, of course he is. This Bowie mania. <laughs> we definitely got to get Bowie on gotta the show. got to get Bowie on the pod. Yeah, he's so nice. I won't do mushrooms with them on the pod. Oh. They're legal here on the street. So I hear. Uh, but holy shit. Your journey between 2019 and this, and here we are again on the cusp of maybe more reduced comedy reductions. Are you relieved that we got the contest in before the Delta? Before things might the Lambda? get really bad. I mean, I am or not. I mean, I'm definitely in that like pool of like, I have to do this contest because that's what we do, but I hate it because it definitely makes me like nervous and anxious and like self-doubting. Um, and so I'm glad it's over. Like, I'm glad we're the winner. Like, uh, we go into some form of reduced capacity. Maybe some people are not doing comedy again for safety reasons. And then it's like, comedy's like locked down again, and then boom, it's open up again, and here we are back in contest mode. Oh my gosh. It'd be hell, right? Cause like, all we know is like, we, we go into our caves and we come out and do a contest, cause people kinda do that. There are always people who you won't see until the next year's contest. Uh, and what if everyone has to do that? It's like the worst Groundhog's Day. Or the best. Or the most for some. I mean, my favorite Groundhog's Day is the Groundhog's Day that happened during Cam Strong's preliminary and semifinal set. He had a Groundhog's Day fucking concept for a contest set on the heels of the pandemic. Mwah, I loved it. Speaking of contests, there was a round tonight. Yeah. The yeah. final round. Have you gone to the finals before? No. So that's exciting. You gave up stage time to come. I did. I did. I, uh, two of my best friends were in the contest mm-hmm. and I was like, I could perform any other night, but I need to be there to support them. Oh, <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> she could get booked. Anyway. <laughs> and I'm sober. I'm like trying to come off all nice. It's um, <laughs> no, but the, no, this is the piece is like, yeah, it's like this was so great about the contest is even when the contest doesn't, uh, when the odds, and votes or judges via Zoom when they don't land in your favor, you can still get heat at any, you know, you know what I mean? Like you could have gotten like I did two years ago. I bounced in the first round 
No change there. 0 for 10. Thank you. Um, but that tape got me onto one and a half festivals. That tape got me to a, it got, that got seen by AGT people, not just the gatekeeper, but like, we're, we're, we're sending this up the food chain. And they're like, oh, you did a parody song? We can't buy the rights to that song. Do you got something else? And I was like, oh, let me see what I can do at, um, Hijinx's mic and send you an updated tape. So, and this all happened from losing for the ninth time in the first round of the contest. And I think it's important to note that, that, the contest is the contest, but if you put in good work to get you ready for the contest, whatever happened after that, you've earned it. Oh, yeah. And practicing my set before, like, you know, like at all those open mics and people seeing it, I've been booked on, like, great shows in Portland. I'm very fortunate right now. I, like, still pinch myself, like, every time I get, like, a message to be on a show. It's very exciting. I know. Wow. Yeah. It's a good feeling. A lot of people who were on tonight's show are going to get a lot of uh, Facebook messages. Yeah. Yeah. And Insta- however people book these days, I don't know. But, I mean, we're not going to do the cutesy, hey, guess the opening closing line because we've seen some versions of these sets multiple. See, see these Should we just jump right into perhaps one of the... Before we get to how Adam opened. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, for those who weren't there, there were judges. There were five of them this time. Um, three of them via Zoom. Like, you know, the locals hate it, right? Ah, oh, these, these judges are in via Zoom, but it's like, would you rather have, you know, uh, they're like big, a lo- would you rather have people. a local podcast host or would you rather have, uh, someone who works for AGI who doesn't like bios, um, but is, represents comedians, who you've heard of on SNL. <laughs> you know what I mean? Would you rather have uh someone, you know, who is <laughs> this is why I loved they they were like, this next judge is the assistant of someone who's and they gave <laughs> they gave the assistant <laughs> they gave all the credits <laughs> to But hey, it's great. But I mean but th- that's something that you can get via Zoom, right? But they're an assistant they're an even they're that's probably even bigger. That's better because yeah. That assistant's gonna be an agent. They have like, better taste. Like a year, and they're the tastemaker now. And they're gonna be like, "Hey, you know, you know remember, my yeah. my boss wants one of the people that were top three, but hey, I I saw your set, and let's go. You know, so yeah, that, I, I used to be. I'm from LA, so I uh, did all my internships at like the movie studios in college. Oh wow! Whoa. And like, where'd you go to school? I went to Cal State Fullerton. Okay. But I like like interned for Focus Features Great and stuff like that. Team. Great baseball team. I went, I, went to, I went to private school. I went to Biola. Oh, Bible Institute of Los Angeles. Yes. I went to EV Free Fullerton. So okay, I, okay. Here's here's a really. I went to EV Free. Visited EV Free Fullerton a few times. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know that big Jesus. Everywhere, you know. Uh Wait, yeah. No, EV Free. Like it's on Brea Boulevard, right? Yeah. I lived there. I was a I was a security guard that lived at the church. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Ah, oh, that church brings back bad memories. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually go to church there, and they were mad that I didn't go to church there, even though I worked. There. I was in it's high fun. school and visited my brother in Biola, and they were like, "What should we do tonight?" And I was like, "You guys, this movie came out on VHS. True story. It's super cool. You should watch The Big Lebowski." And then, like, years later, everyone's like, hey, 
Big Lebowski is really cool. It's a good movie. Thanks for sharing that with me and my friends. Oh, by the way, those guys, remember, that we hung out with when you were in high school and were visiting me in the dorms in L.A.? They're in a band called Cold War Kids. Oh, my gosh. I, I know Johnny when Johnny Russell was in there. Okay, I graduated in 2001. We were Matt in the same Moss, youth group. Host, Matt Moss was my like best, best friend, the bass player. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember. I used to go to Mulberry Street. That was my hometown bar. So You guys probably are, know same. You guys yeah. are missing the point of that story. Do you know how early I was like, you Big were Lebowski is cool? Lebowski. That was impressive. Also, we were in the same place at the same time and didn't oh, even okay. know each other. Fine. That's, That's cool exciting. Too. We were, because I was at Biola in 2000. So. Yeah, I graduated in 2001. Yeah. I visited him out at the hub? in 2000. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Stuart yeah. Hall, cream soda. <laughs> and Randall's from Brea. Yeah. The Tar Pits? No, that's Randall's from Brea. Oh, I got to definitely talk to yeah. Randall now. He's booked on much. one of the podcasts. Um, but holy shit. So anyway, um, the judges are the judges. Couple of them were in Zoom. Fun Employment Radio was there. They've seen the contest over the years. A KTFU guy. They, they, they love. Why do they think that newscasters and radio personalities are going to make good stand-up comedy judges? Better than I guess lay people. But you know what I mean. Because they do those interest stories, you know. <sighs> anyway, the judges are the judges. That's part of the business. Um, but do you know what was very show business? Very, very, I mean, it was the most glamorous intro to the PFP finals I've ever seen. Julia, I think you're going to capture this moment better than I can. When Adam Posse, Adam Posse is introduced as the host, what happens next tonight? What happened? Oh, it blew Not something I expected. I was blown away. Were you blown away? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was not expecting. First of all, well, I Adam knew Adam could sing because he sang on this show. Oh, I did not know this about him. How much more talented can this man be? Coming out singing "Last Dance," belting it, belting it in a sequined robe. <laughs> it was a beautiful. There was a costume change. There was okay if if Perfect. the two if the two drag queens. The two dancers were six foot seven without heels. There was like sixteen feet of backup dancers that Posse had. Yeah, they were very tall. It was beautiful. The crowd clapping in unison. Yeah, man. Very white crowd. Very white crowd. Still doing it because it was a disco beat. Easiest, easy. Benny Bunny slopes for the Portland rhythm section audience. That was amazing. a lot of fun. It was a great way to kick off the show. I've never like, seen oh, it done shit. better. This oh. And, like, a way to, like, when he's always saying, like, this is his last year. I've been two years in. Like, really hammering that. People have probably been to multiple shows. And then to be, like, blown away by this. It's like. And, like, when I saw him and, like, he knew it. He had that posse smirk. Mm -hmm. It was like. And you're right about an audience who's seen multiple shows. Because casual fans don't get tickets to this. Because there are people that year after year, they're like, oh, yeah, the contest is great. But just buy tickets for the finals. Or just buy tickets. So there are people that, uh, one, that only buy tickets for the finals. But to your point, there are people that have been watching a little bit of every round that aren't. Comedians who just love it. Yeah. And I, I saw even, a lot of familiar faces. And I even think as a comedian being there, seeing something that you did not even expect. Yeah. 
was beautiful. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I did not. I am so glad I hadn't like, there wasn't even like a rumor or a murmur of it just to be surprised. And in there was really exciting. No, to be honest, sometimes after the, um, after the opening round where I no longer vote, I'm like, Oh, pff, I've seen Posse's opening set. I'm going to have one extra cigarette <laughs> and then show up, you know, with like his clothes. And I was like, I'm glad I stayed for the whole thing. And also I was glad because uh, my wife was there. Uh, so I got to watch it with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and also like, I'm, I don't know if you guys are like this. I'm a crowd watcher instead of like mm. a, like mm-hmm. a performance watcher. You've seen the joke. They're I've your seen friends. It, but this one I was just glued and also watching around and being like, Oh, why couldn't it be me? Right? <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> it was true. Um, so flexing posse did. And also, um, set up probably, oh my goodness. Oh, it even had, he was, he had honed his, his jokes that were just for that day. One of my favorites is, you know, he's the FDR of the contest because he had a, he had a long, he had multiple terms. <laughs> the only one that had terms of that long. And also, uh, he doesn't walk much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. And he jumped into it. Um, you know, his, his setup, you know, um, the host, Adam Posse, Portland's only two years running, one because of everyone forfeited, he says in 2020, but, the host has to give the same intro to every comedian, uh, and this time he gave probably his biggest curveball. I mean, like, the intros were the most different each time, but there was still a consistency because it was a great setup, is he just, he, he told the audience what he was doing, he's like, I'm just going to introduce every comedian with a roast of me. So, yes, uh, on his last night, he made every comedian's intro about himself. <laughs> Which is a good host. He host lined it, right? Like now, this night more than all the other nights, he was the host liner, right? He, he was the host. He did the most stage time and it was a night just as much about Adam, uh, until it was time to, to pass on his crown. It was great, but. And he, I, yeah, I would also say like his, first of all, the energy he brought to every show that he was on was amazing. And also like the encouragement that he gave everyone throughout it. Yeah. Like there were, I know a lot of newer comments, like, all my class, the newer comics, like they were like, it meant a lot to them. Like hearing those things afterwards, like breaking that like tension. It, it definitely was like, Oh yeah, that's class act. I love that. It does mean a lot. I remember year two, I was in the bathroom after my set and on the way out, uh, Ron Funches of all folks was like, Hey man, I liked your energy. And I was just like, well, yeah, I won the contest that. Yeah. Um, it means a lot. And Adam's a sweetheart. Like, Adam loves talking about comedy just as much as he loves performing comedy. And we all know how much he loves doing comedy. Yeah. So that's a lot. Um, that, 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 that's a lot. So he set the whole night up with a, this next comic once told me, and it was all roasts of Adam, that my blood type is a, a one positive, like the steak sauce. And that was, um, your godmother, comedy godmother, comedy mother. mother, Diana Potter. And best friend, yeah. Diana is my favorite, like, what a life. Like, what a redemption story to be able to, like, she's told me she's wanted to do comedy forever, and, like, she's sober now, and she's living it, and 
she's so great. And we actually like have been in writing groups together. And I would say like, I think I'm funny and I bring a premise to the writing group and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a Julia joke. And Diana will just like captivate the whole group where it's just like, give us more, like more, more. So good. We're going to Vegas tomorrow. So when she, when Diana opened with, I, I went to my first Vegas pool party. I got really excited. Brenda and I are going to Vegas tonight. Um, uh, cause it's after midnight. Um, and, and dear Safeway. Dear Safeway. Yeah, dear Safeway shit. It's so funny. It's so funny. The pen, the writing bit, you can't see me. I'm pretending I'm doing her, but it is. You can see it. You can see like, you can see her sign, the way she acts it out. It's like, oh, she signed it in cursive. Yeah. And there's no reason why you would think that, but the, you've, if you've seen it, you've seen it. The, uh, she closed with literally like some of the last words in her mouth was you got robbed twice uh, and I think Diana was robbed she was one of my picks to get in the top three and I think going up too. first Adam got a little too into himself and the first comedian of the night I think didn't have the uh, the same springboard they've had some nights uh, I, I blame uh, Adam <laughs> <laughs> well she feels like a winner I talked to her um, oh, good. She afterwards she tried to text me like I need to hear your feedback on everybody's set. I said, well, you can listen to the podcast. <laughs> I loved it, man. I, I have been at a waterside park and seen an older woman's foliage. Um, and uh, the imagery, it's just, oh, it's such a gift when as an audience member, you can watch someone just be like, I have no filter and that for everyone to be okay with it. Oh, I love it. And they're all truth. Like, that's the thing. She's like, I, I don't even think she exaggerates in any story she ever tells. No, she like, has to cut down so it becomes more believable, as other comics have to take truth and punch it up. Yeah. She, I, I, I believe in my heart's of heart, she's like, well, that did happen, but no one believed that. <laughs> That's her challenge. That's her cross to bear. And it's a hilarious cross to watch. Yeah, and it's just like your life, even in like... She's like the person you want to have a beer with, but you can't. <laughs> she doesn't drink anymore. But it's so many good stories. Like, oh, it's man. like, and we haven't even heard. No. Like a, a fifth of them. And not, not even like 1% we've heard of these stories. No, only her sponsors heard the best stories. <laughs> oh my gosh, Diana, what a great, you know, finalist two years in a row. Uh, well, whatever. This is, you get it. 2020 deleted moving forward i mean going up second i mean there's no tension my, winner my favorite portland's funniest brendan's pick maraca jumping out of my hand uh and no surprise after her set that she came out on top another killer set oh yeah killer kelly machine gun kelly ryan that's why they that's what they call her it was so fucking cool as a new comic to see that. Like, it was rapid fire. It was riffs. It was jokes. It was the whole shebang. People were literally, like, uttering, like, talking during her set, being like, this is amazing. No, it's, um, so everyone, so there were 12 comics tonight, right? How many do you, th now, this is not a judgment. This is not putting anyone on the spot, but there are 12 comics tonight Including Adam Posse, 13, right? Adam's a headliner. Uh, Kelly Ryan, if I'm a booker, 
I'm like, well, there's your other headliner. Like, like it's a silly note, but I was just like, headlining. Like, this is a fucking pro's pro who you can throw that set anywhere and it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it, I think, uh, it was so good because we've seen versions of that set, but Kelly's a comedian where every night's a different, you know, a, a different blast. She's going to shoot you from different angles. You know, she'll go into the crowd this way instead of that way. She'll, uh, it was just, you know, it was, it was magical. And I've seen her perform a lot. And like the great thing about it, it's like, I've seen her host. I've seen her open. I've seen her feature. I've seen her headline. And it's always that energy. It is just like, I know what I'm going to get when I see Kelly Ryan and, I'm always happy to see it. Well, the difference between a funny person and a professional comedian really is consistency. And in every set I've ever seen her do, she's demonstrated that, <laughs> yeah, she's consistent. Yeah, she's going to leave. You're going to leave and be like, that's the funniest person I've seen in a long time. Oh, it's, it's like, um, you're like, when you see it done that well, it makes you think like, okay. I still got a long ways to go. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. Um, I always like to jot down the, the last words of their set. Uh, leave a mental hospital with a mustache was the, a paraphrase of the, some of the, the lots, what she closed on. It's great. It, uh, it, I mean. Also her like tag on Diana, like referencing her. Oh, as, who, it's so hard to pull off. It was so funny. I've seen this contest. 10 years, you know, that, that's literally like 500 comedians. I don't know. But that's, she's done that for every time I've seen her. She's tagged off the person she, but she tagged off a buoy twice. Nine times out of 10 in a contest setting, you mention someone else in the contest. It comes off like, ew, gross. Or like, wait, it's, it's jarring and never in a good way. Like literally like 97 times out of a hundred. And it's just so, well, he executed. I can't... Oh, so good. I just want to watch more of a comedy so I can be better at comedy. Yeah, and that's, like, my favorite thing, too. Like, when I think about, like, going into this contest, it's just, like, and who wins? It's, like, oh, I have so much growth to do because I'm always impressed. Yeah. Um, Posse's self-roast for the intro. Um, the teriyaki Rosie O'Donnell. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then following that, we had for the next, for James Bosquez intro, Kirkland Gabriel Iglesias. That could be both James or, no, if Adam's Kirkland, what does that make James? <laughs> By Mart, um, Gabriel Iglesias to take it down. <laughs> uh, and then he, you know, he attempted the move to reference the previous comedian. I am not Kelly Ryan's boyfriend. Not as, <laughs> that's a good way. Good to get a laugh. I laugh yeah. Um, good to see a Hispanic represented. Yeah, always for me. Uh, especially one that uh, opens with like <laughs> being like, "All right, you know, Latinx, calm down. Uh, I, I'm literally Hispanic. <laughs> I just love it. I love a thoughtful taking the piss out of uh, Portland. Uh, I did have to give him this note. Um, the only finalist to be uh, what I would consider a prop comic. Oh. Because he mentioned a tattoo. <laughs> and then showed it. He didn't just wear his tattoo or bring his prop. He, he, he 
painful prop, painful, painful, painful. Um, maybe next year the audience will be more into Zelda and props, James. Oh, he's such, he's one of our favorite guests. We love James. But also, like, how great is it to be like working on a joke and then you finally like get this tattoo and then it just adds to the joke and it actually like ends really positive, it, like. It is. It was probably the most um, uplifting closer of the yeah. night. Yeah. Uplifting closer of the night, James Vasquez. Um, I was just so stoked to see someone, some, some folks you're like, man, dude, I hope you, I, no one deserves any of this, but I felt like James deserves to be in the finals. Yeah, I was happy. I um, saw his, I saw both sets, uh, Semi-final. And also, uh, also gets an award for most self-aware comic. You know, Brandon and I like to go out during the stall set and kind of take a pulse. And, and James is like, well, uh, I did the same set. And when I did it in the semis, you know, I barely made it under time. And I was under time comfortably because I didn't have to hold for laughs as much. So he knew, you know, um, that we had a good set. He stoked me in the finals and that there were some crushers. Yeah. Uh, speaking of crushers, he had to follow the number one winner of the night, and following James was the number three winner of the night, Mr. Ben Harkins, who was introed as a. According to Adam, Ben Harkins once told him that uh, Adam got two DUIs driving under insulin. Anyway, <laughs> um, Ben Harkins did a vet move. He did his favorite joke of the moment, opened with a crushing, spent $12 at the Dollar Tree on movie snacks, and closed with a closer from a previous contest set that had gotten him to the finals or semifinals. Closed with a Little Caesars long, longer bit that he, in the moment, edited to be much shorter and Fucking was a great ass. And when he went into the Little Caesars bit and I saw the light go on, I was like, oh, fuck. But he managed to get out of there really quick. He dismounted. Also, it's interesting because I was in his first round and, like, he just rode the energy wave where it wasn't... He didn't do that much jokes. Like, he just was just letting the audience just laugh and, like, playing off of that. So it was interesting to see what he would develop where I saw most people's sets before that. His opener is great because, uh, you know, on most nights, if there was uh, 10 or 11 comics, no less than four comics says some form of how you guys doing tonight. How's everyone doing tonight? How's Portland doing tonight? How's Helium doing tonight? Every time. It's not a wrong move. It's a move, right? Ben Harkins opens with, in his dry voice, how are you guys doing tonight? And he's just shitting on the concept of saying that and gets a laugh <laughs> bigger than, you know, most people aren't, don't say that to get a laugh. He's so funny. He just puts it in the Ben Harkins cadence and that fucker gets an easy laugh. Yeah. And he can keep that like tempo. Like I'm such a loud comic. Like I'm always like loud and he could just do it and just be like, I'm cool. Yeah. I love it. I love to watch it. It's like, you're going to like these jokes. Yeah. Do you like dollar stores? <laughs> there's, there's three minutes of these. And it's like dark too. Like to be like, you know, he's like playing with the, with what he's doing. Oh yeah. If you were in the contest tonight and this was the first time you saw his little Caesars bit. No, one year during the contest, he did only the little Caesars bit. There's, but wait, there's more. <laughs> 
Uh, what he had to cut was the cashier. He talks about in the extended version. I'm doing the director's cut of Ben Harkin's bit. He talks about how the cashier has like this lifeless, vacant stare. The stare of someone who's been alive for 10,000 years. <laughs> it, gets, it gets darker and I love it. He didn't have to go that dark. And for, for not, for, for finishing on time, making that edit in the moment, he was rewarded with a top three finish and a big bag full of board games. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he was the first name called. They handed him a prize box. He whipped it over his head and just went right to the green room and was like, yes, I'm, I did it. He did it. He got off that stage. Um, and I just mean the, um, ooh, that being on that stage is like anything I could do to get off there. Yeah. Ben Harkins. And then I guess it went, it went one, James, three, and then riding the Harkins wave, a completely different kind of energy. My favorite. <sighs> Co-host, substitute host of the Sookie's Open Mic. They're their own person. Uh, Riley McCarthy came in, and I would say if you pulled um, the the cool kids, the scene, probably the most surprising top three finisher. Um, people, people like love Riley, but I thought I would. I, I didn't, and I'm just I don't know why I'm saying that, but I'm pleasantly surprised because I love Riley, uh, and I am not surprised that he got number two. I yeah, I felt really good because. I had not seen his sets before, so that's the first time I had heard that joke. And to experience that, the like, joke of of him lying that he was a doctor. Oh yeah, great story. It, that story so funny. It like triggered this emotion as me as an audience member. It's like, yeah, who has not lied before and get caught in the lie? But his is just crazier. Like you know. And addresses mental illness. It was which we're fans of on this. Yeah. yeah. In fact, he's thank you, Riley, for providing some recommendations on a positive experience with group therapy. Anyway. And after the show, I was at a table, and it was actually really funny because he mentions the doctor's name, and then uh, somebody went up to him and was like, "I know that doctor. <laughs> I work with him." And uh, yeah, he's like, "Maybe I should change that name." No, they might. If it, if it goes to late night, they'll make him change. Him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I love Riley. Big also, fan. I'm very short. People listening have never seen me. I'm five foot, so when I see a very tall comic, it is my one jealousy to see that wingspan and that command and a good use of space. Some <laughs> some large folk, you know, they they don't, you know, they're like, I'm not gonna try and flail around it, but he's pulling rip cords on sex toys. Oh, he that is... sex... I forgot about that. Mm. That was mm. a funny bit, too. That... All his sex toys, the reference to, like... The, John Wick. John Wick, the people next to me, just like... I, I've never heard that. I, I've never heard half of these jokes, and so I was blown away, so I'm pretty sure as, like, an audience member who didn't know what to expect, they were thinking the same thing. I will say this, and this is just me being just like, success in the contest means you do these things, and Riley breaks most, a lot of those rules, and one of them is, get a quick laugh. You know, I mean quick, I mean like, seven seconds or less, and Riley, in the semifinals and the finals, has a, you know, has a long setup to, uh, I lost five pounds over the pandemic, it was dandruff, 
and then that that's the first laugh, and I'm like, Tandriff, okay. And then it's all uphill from there. So um Also it the use of time, you're just like, how much time do you have? You're mm-hmm. watching that. That last story he tells, I mean, it's minutes long. Yeah. It is and he already packed in so much. I mean, he packed in a lot. That felt longer than what the given time was. It's the weird time warp phenomena. Is a a fantastic, a, a mind blowing seven. It's like, oh, where did it go? Well, that was that seven minutes, and then like a hard, a rough five feels like fifteen. But yeah, we've talked about that. But I'm always stoked to see Riley uh, and Holgate, Riley's partner, um, who is our preferred babysitter for Lil. So uh, I was kind of bummed Riley made the finals because I was like, well, looks like I'll have to get a different babysitter. Uh, <laughs> one that can't go the full distance. Mom calling me during the stall set, making Rebecca go home early. They're asleep. It's fine. We worked out. It's it's late, but we do this because we love it. Uh, well, we talked about the three people that won, so that's all we need to talk about tonight. Aww. No, no, no. <sighs> you know how I feel about that. Do we got it? <laughs> Riley... Uh, was Riley led us to um, uh, the intro for Nick's Nick Scale Zone. I, I couldn't want to read my own writing. I, I'm surprised you could read any of this. It's very <laughs> impressive. I I took notes in the dark. I took notes in the dark. Um, holy shit! Nick Scale Zone makes this makes choices in the contest that. I'm just like, what? That, that's very wise. The whole idea of, I'm gonna, this next bit doesn't work anymore. And here's why. You know, he talks about, you know, he has this great, I've seen the tape of him doing, or he did it early in the contest. Yeah, he did, he did. There's a longer bit about the, I hope the vaccine, and like, that's crying, like, uh, you know, if I'm his manager, I am a comedy consultant, that's why we do the intro that way, I would be like, hey, Keep that joke that works. And he's like, I'm going to talk about how it, it hasn't aged well. Um, and it, it's still funny. Yeah. I mean, Nick's one of my close friends. After he did his semifinals and went through, we were, like, texting each other about that. Like, uh, and I liked it. I, it it's really funny because when he starts the story about um, being on TikTok, uh, it's basically this girl. And I've seen the TikTok, and it's very funny. I got sent it. And uh, it's this girl who does a song, and uh, she's just clipping all these men who have photos of them with fish on their tinders. And Nick made it. And when we saw it, we were just like, do we tell him? You know? Like, do we... And he he loved it. And he he talked about it. And that that was fairly recent. When I was a young uh, OK Cupider, I, I never did the Tinder because by the time I... Anyway, I, I had a slider phone. It's all from the desktop. But I found the closest thing to a, a woman's equivalent to the dude with a fish was something that I think was specific to my OK Cupid logarithm was I didn't get women with fish, but I got women with reptile and amphibian pets. That That's a type. Crazy. That's a type. Um, yeah. Your algorithm type, right? <laughs> yeah. That's my type. Uh, if you're a woman who has a uh, an owl, no, that's not. But a lot of uh, snakes, some snapping turtles, uh, and some bearded dragons um, are popular things that Okay Cupid thought I would be into. And also, like for dragons, are yeah. Cool. The good thing about Nick too, like him being so young and like new, like he does have this voice that. 
does stand out from Portland, like when he does his Republican bit. And so it is a change of pace for the audience. And I, when he was in his semis, it got a thunderous laugh, like when he talks about being Republican. And mm. I guess it's just who's in that audience. Uh, Wait, he's a Republican? No, he talks about how he's a liberal, but in Portland, oh, he's considered a Republican. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The like, in this town, I'm this, yeah. but in Portland, I'm this, is a structure that was also attempted later in the contest. But yeah, yeah. I like Nick. Uh, his imperfect produce bit hit really close to home because, um. Your imperfect produce are? Yeah. I big am time. too. We are the <laughs> imperfect produce family, yeah. Big time. Um. Lil loves the imperfect produce cinnamon bread. Also, their lotions are bomb. I only buy skincare from them. So, I mean, maybe that's where you lost it tonight. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't shit on imperfect produce, Nick, because we fucking love it. We are in our thirties. Die. Hey, that's been a nice podcast tonight. Are we done? No. Nick, Nick listens to the podcast. That's many why I told him to many. die. God, you can't be that funny and have me tell you not to die. It's alright, I've said some... No, the reason why, um, no, as a, as a... Tip of the hat to all the comics that listen to this show. A, a lot of them do. Because we're all narcissists. Oh, so I might get mentioned on the podcast? Um, it's great. Um, but Nick has, I, I have like a, I like to describe it as he has the Benjamin Button comedy journey. Is you start comedy, you start going to mics, and you're like, how am I gonna get good? And you hear old people say dumb shit like, takes five years minimum just to find your voice. And, like you say, with his unique POV, is he's starting with a very distinct voice that served him well, and he's a funny ass dude, so he's going to keep getting funnier. So, whew, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of Nick in the later rounds of these contests if we ever have them again. He's Thank you, Lambda Variant. Young Gun Wonder Watch <laughs> Award. Yeah, and that's exciting. I, that's what I and that's what I'm talking about. Like the moment in the sun. I'm. So happy, like, when I get to see my friends, just, like, see what I've already seen. It is, because we've seen a lot of these jokes, and to get them, get get their justice, the reward for all the work that that's put in is, like, Adam loves talking about this, Adam Posse, of how, like, you know, even if you don't think you're ready for the helium contest, even if you're months in, or even if you're a couple years in, or like, you know, some people do comedy for a couple years and then decided the contest, but it's like, it's the reward for all those shitty mics, you know? People that have your back, people that might be familiar with your jokes, and also people that are there to laugh. It's great. Uh, and sometimes you can, be funny enough to win it all, and then you go over time in the finals. Yeah, that's what happened to Shane Brendan. Yeah. Came up next, uh, who according to Adam Posse one time told Adam that uh, Adam is an all-carb Filipino. <laughs> I think that's one of the rare roasts that the comedian being intro by actually wrote it. <laughs> I think that was sent by Shane Brendan, half Filipino, to Adam. Uh, and Shane Brendan's contest has been exciting to watch. A part of me was like, oh, I see what Shane's doing. He's doing a different set every round, so at the end of it, he can splice together his tapes and have like a half hour. No, <laughs> a half hour means he did way too much time, get it? <laughs> um, but he, he did some, he didn't do what he did in the semifinals. 
It was a little different from the semifinals. And the semifinals was different from his preliminary. So he's he's out there making moves. Yeah. Uh, and he made a move. Everyone who's familiar with Shane's material and familiar with the red light saw the red light go off. Well, he did the Bane joke in the semifinals and it just murdered. And so he did it again. He did it again and it murdered. And then he started to intro a joke that most of us knew is a two to three minute minimum joke and the red light came on, which means you have 15 seconds before you get deductions. And I had him going over and it's sad. Oh yeah, he was definitely my top choice. He was like in that. I think he was a lot of people's top choice. I didn't, for me, it was like, I was sitting right under the light, so I couldn't like look up to see see the light. There was one night where I couldn't see the light, and it was was hard to tell what was going on. He did his fixer-upper, which is a new homeowner and a dad. Like, there's a kid in the corner. I'm a fixer-upper. Divorce. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Final last year. A lot of people thought, you know, last year, 2019... Posse got the Lifetime Achievement Award, even though Shane had the set of the night. This is coming from Adam Posse. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, it's my, this is our podcast. I can state an opinion. In my opinion, set of the night for me went next. Dan Weber. I thought, I thought Portland's grumpy uncle. Yeah, he was my, he was one of my picks. And I thought it was at least going to be a top three. And then two names were called. And I was like, oh, it's Dan. And then I remembered, oh, they haven't called Kelly's yet. Fuck it. Yeah, I did not the exact Dan same thing. I was like, oh, wait. I first was like, it's Dan. I was like, oh, wait, no. It's they called Kelly. Ben. They called Riley. And I was so stoked for Riley. And I was like, wait, Dan's still up there. I was just hoping he plays. And I was like, whoa. But also, <laughs> I have ears. And also, fucking, yeah. Yeah. But Dan I like Dan's is set. So funny. I like the Challenger explosion. As, as an oh, 80s yeah. kid, like I grew up, like I was five when the we're his target exploded. demo, so we're buying. We're the same age, and yeah, All like kids. and then like I, I, my friend and I, we were we flipped out because we watched the I Am Big Bird documentary where they were where Carol Spinney revealed that Big Bird was supposed to be on the challenge. We're like, can you fucking believe what would happen? If that had happened, like, that would have been, that would have been, like, the traumatic, that would have been our JFK moment for our generation. And, like, and Dan goes to town on that, and it's so funny. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. It was another cool comic that always can keep that tempo. Uh, and also, like... The grumpy uncle, like, Dan is always reminding me, like, if you're not having fun, like, why are you doing this? You have to remember to have fun. And it is exciting to see him because he is having fun, you know? Yeah, and he he's, he's, he has a good ability to, to disconnect. And um, someone was talking about how, like, oh, you know, some folks, and if you have a night like this where you put a lot of pressure on yourself and it didn't go your way, you're not obligated to go hang out just because, you know, everyone else, you, you're allowed to go be in your, your, your place to, you know, it's going to make you want to do it again next week because you probably got gigs. But Dan Weber was out and it takes a lot of acid to be a Zen 
as Dan is, you know, not just that, but also age and wisdom where he knows, he knew that. And I told him, I was like, Hey man, friend to friend. And this was during the stall set. It was the best set I've ever seen you have. And he knows like, yeah, I did what I did what I could do. And having the best set that you, and I was the only person to tell him that, uh, what more could he have done other than have a great night? I had a great night. Yeah, he had a great night. That then that's the thing. It's just like that that's contest. That's a killer tape right there. So that's yeah. Only only one person who started this. You know, only one person wins. Hundred and twenty plus enter. Uh, I thought Dan was going to be one of the final three, but I'm I'm partial because I love the guy. Uh, and then I had to step out. Uh, to, uh, make sure the baby was being taken care of, but I, I missed most of Dylan and most of Amanda's. So take it away, Brendo. Well, I guess they were flip flopped. They were flip flopped. Yeah. My notes are correct. Uh, again, Adam Posse, sloppy host, missed up, you know, Amanda was probably taken aback and didn't help her. And so if I'm Amanda, <laughs> uh, fuck you, Posse. Be a better host. It's not about you. <laughs> I thought Amanda did a great job. She. We've seen that set go from pre-contest to two rounds. Yeah. But it also shows like her ability to be so professional that like if it yes. was like anybody knew her, that slight thing would have just been overwhelming. Yes. You know, Amanda's not. Amanda's not. Amanda's not. I would. She had a gig. I think last night or the last time we were recording the podcast, I was like trying to get like, wait, is it true you've never not advanced? She's like, Carson, I'm about to go on stage. And then like I accidentally like Facebook missed video message her. She's like, Carson, go to shit. She's a pro. Yeah. <laughs> she can handle some asshole <laughs> message or seconds. Yeah. And so, but Amanda, I mean, this, this, this ties into the comedian that, uh, went on uh, after Dylan more, but it's Portland's funniest person. Not the funniest person in Portland during court. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's, that's not a joke. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, but she is such a Portland comic and she means so much from, you know, co-producing Undertow, um, giving a lot of comics, you know, some very awesome stage time, you know, in terms of successful regional comics, the savages shit she does with fucking Posse and Eriko. Yeah, I'm excited. I got booked. She booked me. I get to do yes. her show Sunday. I'm very excited about it. It, it definitely, I think, is like, especially a woman comic when like an established woman on the scene like recognizes you. I, you know, it usually like, means they're not intimidated by. Yeah, it. that's amazing. <laughs> um, but I don't feel like that. I feel like she's always been yes. like, "We need more women." Like, where are they? Like, where are they? Who are they? They're here. Yes, they are. Open your ears and eyes, you guys. We've had like three women on this podcast. There's more. <laughs> I'm saying, but I'm just podcast, kidding. I'm just teasing. For a podcast, podcast that's, that's good. pretty good. No, that's amazing. And he's gay. Okay? We have diversity. <laughs> we had James on twice. You have me on. We have Posse on twice too. So we're doing we're doing our part. Um but yeah, and then Dylan Jenkins, um there were people there was a there was there was literally a table of people I saw today uh, of comics that were like, I thought Dylan had the best set. Dylan had a great set. 
Dylan. Dylan was great. Um, I just love the millennial uh, retirement home bit. It is so, such a great bit. It makes me excited to age. Yeah. Dylan is one of the sweetest people I've met on the scene. And I feel like when he does comedy, that gentleness comes out. But he's like a killer with jokes. Like, it's like this beautiful balance of like, yeah. Don't forget, he's a metal guy. Yeah. With a heart of laughter. God, he's so funny. I know. I love his, like, LaCroix bit or the seltzer bit. Where I think about that. When I was, like, I was literally, like, uh, my uh, my child was in the backseat. I'm driving, screaming. And I was, like, well, if I hand this, she's going to spill it. It's a It was a sparkling soda, not LaCroix. It was probably a tonight's podcast brought to you by a Jelly Belly. Yeah, they make soda water. Orange sherbet is great. Um, and I was like, well, if, if she spills in her car seat, it's the cleanest that car seat's going to, you know, that's Dylan's joke. It's so good. It's in my life is what I'm saying. Yeah. And also like he touched on his grandma a little bit, but I'm a big fan of his. I love all his grandma material. My grandma was like my favorite person and it's like, love it. And yeah, that millennial bit about us being in the retirement home. So funny. And it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, like, those one, two, three jokes, it's like, like, they're just fast. But he, like, goes into these details, I think, and I love that about him. Your next comedian coming on the stage is the significant other of Portland's funniest person, Bruce Gray. Bruce Gray is a fucking pro. This is how pro Bruce Gray is. Uh, Bruce Prey... I, I, Bruce, Goose Bray, Goose Bray, did I get that right? Uh, Bruce had his, uh, had his keen eye on his own clock on stage. I didn't even notice he was checking the clock. Um, there's ways to do it. You can check the clock on stage and the audience thinks you're just, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever. Uh, he, he, he saw that he had seven minutes and 45. He had done 745. Or six forty, whatever it is, fifty. He had fifteen seconds left, and I was like, "If I'm in that position, I end immediately." And I'm yeah. like, "Whew!" And Bruce goes like, "I saw I had fifteen seconds left, so I did one more joke." It just is like, "Why wouldn't I?" <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, "Whew! We are you. We are different levels of professionalism, my friend." One, I can't be checking a clock when I'm on stage. Are you kidding me? Um, I would also, let me tell you this. It wasn't until this year that I didn't even realize you could bring your phone on to check time. And the first year I put my phone in to, my boobs and it did not work. I had to stop checking time because I checked time. So I was on a showcase where the host told me I was going to get a certain amount of time. So I put that time on my clock. And so I was only looking at my clock. And they gave me the light early because they had to try and condense the show. Because everybody bombing. else was burning the light. Because you no, were bombing. I was not bombing. How many, year, on video. how many years in were you? I was less than a year in. You were bombing. In I have it on video. I was not bombing. I've seen that video. You were, you were bombing. You were getting laughs from your friends. Anyway. Put the tape up. Put the tape up. Put the audience <laughs> It's on my YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Go to it. You're, you're going to you try and get booked with that tape, bro. See what happens. Anyway, you did get you did get screwed from the booker because you brought a lot of people and they didn't want to believe how many people you brought and then they ran out on him. But I had to, st- but I but I did. St- I wasn't looking at the light. I was looking at the time and I didn't. I had to stop looking at the time. 
One time I did bring a, when I was doing Wilfred Brimley, I was doing the contest as a character, I brought a big jar of uh, Quaker Oats on stage, and I had my clock in the jar of oats, in the in the cylinder of oats, so I would look like I could look at my oats and see how much time I was doing. Um, Next year, helped. I'm going to be a prop comic, and I'm just going to bring a timer on no, stage. No, that's it. That. No, I've been working on it. You'll see it. Uh, please don't do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Only Flavor Flav could get away with that. Anyway. Bruce Gray, um, I love Bruce Gray. Oh, I mentioned it earlier, but I will say, because sim- in a similar vein, in a similar structure of, uh, you know, in, in Los Angeles, Bruce Gray is a schlubby guy in Portland. He's a beautiful woman. Uh, Fenn's part of Portland, perhaps, I think. I think that's why he didn't place. No, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was funny. It was very funny. Oh my god. That's what a carny eats is one of my favorite lines of the contest. <laughs> oh yeah, his keto. Also, it's like funny to see like how times have changed too. Cause like his keto bit where like a year ago people would probably be all keto. Like it's like funny to see like the waves in Portland. I've been on keto, so I love those jokes. I've been on Atkins. Yeah, I did Atkins and South Beach with my mom and that's how I felt when I was on those diets. Oh, so he does. Bruce, Bruce Gregg, who gives himself credit for it in the moment, does have a hilarious school shooting joke. Oh my god! Oh my god! You have oh, yeah. to you have to love kids before you. Sh- oh, so good because yeah, you you you'll, you'll probably see it on late night TV one of these days. Um, it's a good. And I like picture. how he like referenced it. He's like, yeah, that's right. I'm gonna do it. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I just think it's cool that Portland's funniest person is going to be like at the comedy store soon. Like that's fucking dope. I think that's cool. Yeah, maybe like hopefully, hopefully a lot of opportunities. Hopefully, the word on the street. <laughs> well, uh, Kelly Ryan is great. It's great for uh, Portland and for the contest to have her win because win or lose, she's going places, right? Yeah. So we'll be like, yeah, she was Portland's funniest. People are like what? Kelly Ryan was a Portland comic, and we'll be like, yes, yes, yes she, she was. She's our queen. Absolutely. Uh, I'm doing a showcase. She's. We are so excited that we booked her before she is not going to be here. Yeah. Get her. Get her on now. Get her on, or book her. Book LA, her next year when she's in town hosting the contest. Uh, you can. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you're in LA, jump on it. Yeah. Like. The and the other thing I would say is. Um, you know, um, as a as a Portland as someone who did their first open mic in Portland, and this is Portland's funniest person contest. All jokes aside, like when you win this contest, you're supposed to get out of town and go do awesome things, and it's amazing to have someone represent Portland who is the funniest, uh, hands down. I mean, anyone who's at the contest knows tonight saw that. Also, I did my first open mic at the comedy store. There you go. Right so there. So they get the best of us, too, down there. But, you know, yeah, I think it's awesome. If you guys want to see Kelly Ryan, you can come to Lakeham Brewery for Sorry Not Sorry, my showcase, September 21st. There you nice. go. This podcast will be out in October. I'm sure that show's gonna be great. It's not gonna be shut down due to the Delta variant or the Lambda. It's outside. 
or the Omega. Smart. But there you go. Yeah, book outdoor gigs while you still can, folks that have combi heat. Turn down the shitty ones that are indoors. Take all the outdoor ones. Uh, I, I will do your outdoor gig. Yeah, book Brendan on your shit, dude. And yeah, you need him. You need Brendan. You're on my list, Brendan. Yes, we're Real doing it. Real bonding moment tonight. A hundred podcasts about the contest, and we got a booking out of it. We haven't talked about all the comics yet. Oh, I'm sorry. There's one more. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Was there only one more? Yeah. yeah. It'd be embarrassing if we forgot him. Well, we can't, because he's one of my best friends. Yeah. One of, one of the only... One of his very... He, Dylan likes to be a little bit dramatic about how underprepared he was for this contest. Uh, but I would like to say, even as an unwilling participant in a bachelorette party open mic at Sookie's, he's funny. He's the best. Uh, I did a show last night with him. He crushed. My boyfriend said it was the funniest set he's seen out of all his time in Portland comedy. I love Dylan Carlino. The amount of laughs he gets talking about how he's hotter than his dead sister. That's why I love comedy. <laughs> is to take something that should not be funny. A dead sister should not be funny. And someone talking about how they're more attractive than their dead sister. That's why comedy's beautiful. Yeah, my boyfriend thinks he's Portland's gay Don Rickles. He's best. Because, yes, uh, yeah, he does. Oh, I love it. His first line was, uh, I'm obviously gay. With his gay t-shirt. And one of his last lines was, you stupid fat fatty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's a pleasure to uh, be... uh, a uh, a non semi finalist in a round where someone makes it to the finals and destroys you're like oh I feel better about losing to you even though um, there are no losers in the contest only um, people that win and people that cry about it like little babies yeah like with I was so glad I wasn't on a round with Dylan and Dylan's my favorite because he is the comic off stage that when we're in a circle I want to listen to him mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. I will let him be on 24-7 because it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It is so good. Dylan, he's going to be, a, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, he is. Yeah. For someone who probably was probably like maybe like 50-50, don't even want to do it this year. So glad that. Made it all the way. Headlining the finals. Yeah. I had, I mean. And it's hard. It, they were dropping checks. Sorry. I, hey, back. We, we report the news. They were dropping checks during Dylan's set, which, come I, on, you have a stall set. But. It, that is hard. I, I was sitting at um, a table with uh, Molly Smithson, who's another comic, and her husband, who's Dylan's bestie too, and his two roommates, and they were, Cash out, like, and it's not helium's fault, they need to, but we were being cashed out during the first five minutes. And like, me as like, that's, you know, I want to see it. I'm peering over, you know, trying to watch it. Yeah. Um, I would say probably my favorite hug of the finalists, um, Dylan Carlino. For sure. My favorite <laughs> hugger. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's that's your that's your award. 
we will be having an awards episode um, coming up. We gotta get some of the top three people on here. Maybe not all of them. I don't like a few of them. I don't like all three of them. This is it. We're done. We did the whole contest. We did the finals. Brendo. We've already had Dan on. So I need to get Ben and Kelly. What's your big takeaway from the finals? I was right. He was right. Um, Brendan picked the funniest person to win Portland's funniest person contest. Yeah. That's an award. I wanted the uh, oldest person to win. And the second oldest person. I mean, I I thought it was right. going to be... I had... One out of three ain't bad. I had Kelly, Diana, and Dan I picked last night. And that was... I picked, and we have witnesses. Um, I picked, in some order, uh, uh, Kelly, Riley. Riley, and Dan. So I had two other three. Not bad. Yeah. I picked all the winners right. Of course no, you did. No, I'm just kidding. Of course you did. No, I just went in, you know, obviously I had some really close people, uh, loved everybody. I, a woman won. Yeah. It's only happened once before. And a fucking funny woman went, I, I was, yeah, I'm happy. Kelly Ryan's so funny, I forgot she was a woman for a minute. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god, she is very funny and super amazing. They're funny. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. We love you for being here. Yeah. And um, we love all the listeners. Um, All 112 of you that participate in the contest. (laughs) Yeah, all the contest people. To the non-Portland comedy Participants, the Radio Brendan Man listeners that tuned in for like 400 episodes and then were like, what the fuck? You'll get four more from me being on the show. I'm very confident about that. Hey, smash that unsubscribe button. Mm-hmm. You don't need your likes. This has been uh, the PFP. We got a couple epilogues. Uh, we're going to Vegas. We're going to take a break. We'll be gone for a bit. My wife. That's why you got these three episodes. Boom, boom, boom. My marriage is safe again because there's no more contest. And, uh, <laughs> so glad we got Julian. Yeah. And Vegas will be, be fun. Back Good get. Sookie's next Tuesday. Yeah. Not this Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Good old Sookie's. But Sookie's is still happening. Yes. With a guest host. Sookie's happening. Hey, what are you doing Tuesday? Just kidding. We already got someone booked. I'm we, busy. we book people. Yeah, you're better than Mikey. We get it. I was at Sookie's last week. Back off. She was. I will never back off. I was at that bachelorette party. It's true. You were there. Hey, bring your bachelorette party down to (laughs) Sookie. Pay us to kick you out. That's the business model I'm going for. All right. Yeah, we're done. Good night.